Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you, because Reed is definitely his own man, with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy listeners from coast to coast, the Gulf to Canada and around the globe. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Well, February is rocking and rolling. We got all sorts of stuff going on, none of which anybody is telling you about or very few people are. The government certainly isn't. And we're going to go over today the next installment on what the government is doing to take your property. We're going to focus on real estate. Over the course of this little series, we're going to talk about your personal property too, because they have plans and they have actions and they take them whenever they deem fit. And you know, it's up to you to try and stop them, but it's usually after the fact. I'll tell you a little story in Rat-a-tat-tat today about, oh, you know, safety deposit boxes and the FBI walking in and just taking the contents literally without a warrant and without cause and then getting slapped down by a court and then kind of ignoring the court. Anyway, that's for later on in this show. So we're going to be going over private property. Oh, we're going to go into some depth on some of the ways that the government is taking, planning to take, or in the process of planning to take your real estate assets, the biggest assets most of you, most of us own. And then of course, I'll tell you the rest of the story. Who benefits? And then I'm going to bring you up to speed on what's happening with the economy. Oh, and it's not what the government statistics, you know, the headlines of the in cahoots government and press, in this case, the financial press, are bringing you, trying to tell you that Bidenomics and build back better Obama's third term plan is working for you. Oh, yeah, the economy is great, folks. You just watch those numbers. Don't worry about those revisions, which come, in fact, in 11 of the last 12 months downward when nobody's looking. And don't worry about using your common sense or looking at the underlying stats below the headlines, which tell you the real picture. Not to mention that the headline stats themselves are flat lies. Lies. That's right. Remember, you can lie by stating an untruth or you can lie by omitting a truth and the government is doing both you really need to know and this this kind of goes into financial preparedness right kind of our ongoing little series that we have happening on this show since your financial security and that of your family is paramount to you being able to resist shall we say mm, the government carrot that is oh do you want to eat this month well here's your uh, cbdc here's your card here's your allowance here's your <laughs> universal living wage or whatever they plan to do and it's really a combination of all those things but first let's do our founders quote shall we and this will be by thomas Paine. he has he really has some great quotes you can see how this guy almost single-handedly fomented the american revolution quote a constitution defines and limits the power of the government it creates it therefore follows as a natural and also a logical result that the governmental exercise of any power not authorized by the constitution is an assumed power and therefore illegal unquote how true and don't we see glaring examples of that every which way we turn from the border on speaking of the border that border bill, you folks out there in Oklahoma, right? I talked to lots of you on the Oklahoma stations and you listen in. Where did you get this Langton character? 
This is like the Mitt Romney of Oklahoma. This guy is horrible. He was the Republican negotiator on this border bill. I'm not even going to bore you with its details. Why don't we just say it codified and put on steroids the ability of Obama's third-term government to escape breaking the laws. Right now, the laws that they are breaking are clear and unambiguous. Everything they're doing is a felony. Everything they're doing is treason. And the rhinos and the Republican Party can't seem to get their act together here. It's unbelievable. Mayorkas's impeachment, well-deserved, although the next guy will probably be as bad, was actually voted down because three rhinos, including Buck from Colorado, some moron from California, and one other moron, voted against it. I mean, how can you do that? It's just unbelievable. Does Buck really think down there in Colorado, you Colorado folks listening to me out of mighty KGAB Cheyenne, does he really think that that's what the people of Colorado want? They want two to three million unvetted people, completely paid for and financed by the American taxpayer. Never mind what's going on in the border being financed by us. But their EBT cards, their $2,200 monthly allowance, their $800 Biden-Obama phones, their health care, their schooling. That's really what you want? That's really what this guy who's supposed to be representing you thinks you want? Wow. That's all I can say. It's just wow. You know, one of the things that we need to talk about is Mitch McConnell. I mean, he's done some great things, particularly on the Supreme Court, but his time has come and gone. He's almost as much of a Democrat as Schumer. He is one of the good old boys. The good old boys have to go. The rhinos must go. And that means state government, whether it's here in Wyoming or elsewhere. And that means certainly at the federal level. These people are unbelievable. Langton negotiates a border bill which basically takes the entire federal government, including Mayorkas, who escaped impeachment because of rhinos, and he makes it worse. And this is the negotiator for the Republican Party? This is the best we can do? Really? And you folks in Oklahoma, if this is the type of deal that this guy negotiated for the United States of America and Americans, which you folks in Oklahoma are, tell me what a great job he's doing for Oklahoma. Obviously, he is either a Democrat at heart, or he is completely incompetent, or he is a progressive Republican, which is worse, you know, the never-Trumpers, all the, all the rest of them, which is worse, I think, than a progressive Democrat, because at least a progressive Democrat is open about their communist tendencies. They're open about their anti-American leanings. You folks need to get busy. You need to call your senators or write them and your congressmen, and you need to tell them absolutely no way on this border bill. No way, shape, or form. The Democrats are playing a game. They kind of took it off the table now with this opposition, which, by the way, some Republicans try to forestall by not allowing certain elements of the so-called negotiated bipartisan blah, 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 make me gag bill. Withholding it from the conservative press, fortunately it leaked out anyway, but you need to say no on the border bill. Throw the whole thing out. Don't let the Democrats play their game of taking it off the table, massaging some ends, trying to put window dressing on it, and then ramming it through. They need to throw that bill in the garbage, start over, get rid of Langton as a negotiator, put in Mike Lee or Ted Cruz or somebody with some moxie and some brains who thinks American, not global, and get this done. So write your senators, write your congressmen, and say not only no to the border bill, no to one page of this monstrous America-sinking torpedo that was drafted, quote-unquote, in a bipartisan manner. 
start over. You could start by maybe a one-page bill saying it will be a felony, it will be treason, it will be a fine of, you know, $10 million, whatever. If you pass anything which subverts current American law on immigration, we got the laws on the books. We don't have anybody that will enforce them, and we don't seem to have anybody that will enforce the non-enforcement. There's no accountability up there in Washington, D.C., and in fact, in most state houses. And how people like Mitt Romney and Langton and McConnell can keep getting reelected by the people in their state gives me pause. It makes me worry. You know, I'm not worried about what these people do. I kind of understand them. I certainly understand the progressive slash communist Democrats. It worries me how few people seem to understand them. How few people will stand up and say no. How few people will actually bother to educate themselves to get rid of the rhinos in their midst. The other bill, and I'll give it to you here a little later in in the show, the exact name of the bill. This is a bill also in the Senate, brought up by the same kind of clan of rhinos and progressive Democrats, or should I say progressive rhinos? I mean, wow. And the other one, you need to write your senators and your congressmen on, and I mean immediately, and call their offices, or one or the other at the very least, is a bill that was just introduced in the Senate. It's really amazing. This is Senate Bill 3589. It would criminalize groups of three or more people training with an AR-15 or any other firearm that holds over 10 rounds of ammo. It would criminalize going out of state to receive firearms training. Wow. It would criminalize training with magazines that hold over 10 rounds of ammunition, which, by the way, includes, you know, most modern rifles and shotguns. And it would allow Merrick Garland, you know, uh, that bastion of constitutional law, to sue you in civil court in advance of any criminal activity. Needless to say, these folks are not worried about your safety, folks. They're worried about their safety. This is a way to stop people from getting together for defense for defensive property, which we're going to be talking about in the show, defensive self, and for training. This would actually outlaw you putting together a neighborhood meeting to talk about possible defensive moves in the case of a natural disaster. Think about that. Call your senators, call your congressmen today, or write them today on both the border bill and this bill. Both of them need to go down in flames. No amendments, no nonsense. Trash them. This one needs to never come back from the trash. The border bill needs to be rewritten to apply to the laws of the United States as they now exist and to make it a criminal, treasonous, very expensive offense to ignore laws on the books when it comes to immigration. You need to talk to your senators and you need to write your senators and your congressmen on that bill too. And once again, no padding this bill, no amendments to this bill. It just goes in the waste paper basket. And in the case of that bill, it never gets resurrected. Okay, that's my beginning of the show rant for you. The rant story today. This rant story, I think you'll find very interesting, particularly those of you who are thinking about alternative power sources for your ranches, your farms, your homesteads, even your houses in suburbia or wherever they happen to be. I've kind of brought you bits and pieces of this solar install we have going on the ranch, and it's been quite the circus. I mean, the, the install itself has been terrific, those components that we have done, and it's not done yet. And we're not talking about some huge system. I mean, we're talking just kind of like an augment system. So if we were doing 
a whole house system or a whole ranch system. It would be twice as complicated with twice as much work. But here's one of the things I found in dealing with the solar industry. Number one, it is almost impossible to find a a website or an outfit that has their fingers on the pulse of everything that's going on. There's a myriad of manufacturers out there, many of them Chinese, and there's all sorts of different types of systems you can put in. They can be ground mounted, they can be roof mounted, they can be whole house, they can be augmented or augmentation systems to existing power sources. They can be tapped into the grid, they can be not tapped into the grid, they can operate independently of the grid, they can have switches which can tick you on and off the grid. There's all different types of solar panels and each panel, what I found, each type of solar panel, each type of operating system, whether it's generator based or inverter based, I mean, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole here, has different requirements and fits together differently with other components. Some of the best batteries out there, right? The storage of whatever power you happen to generate. And by the way, this is true for wind too, which we also investigated. They have a whole different hookup system than another even similar type of operating system with a different manufacturer. And no manufacturer does everything. Let's say the generator, the wires, the panels, the whole nine yards that you need to have a system. In other words, you got a big old box, delivered by a truck, and everything you need is in there. No way. It has really been bewildering. I told you about the one outfit, this is several months ago, that we bought a system from, who then sent us an email a month after we paid for the system, and said, oh, so sorry, we're not going to be shipping any more systems, and you might get your money back. I'm not kidding, that's exactly what the email said, and you might get your money back. Well, I raised holy hell, and we got our money back, but we lost a month, and we lost all the time in researching and choosing that system. And then we kind of switched our program after that, how we were going to install, what we were going to accomplish, and we went from a generator-based system to an inverter-based system. And the array of inverters out there is bewildering. I mean, YouTube is a good source of information, but, you know, there's not even agreement in YouTube about this stuff. And now we have this system, which supposedly the outfit that we went through put together for us, you know, so that everything would be compatible, so that I wouldn't be telling you this story. (laughs) And nothing was compatible. I mean, when we call the inverter people, who happens to be Solark, which I'm quite convinced, number one, it's American. Number two, I think it's the best on the market, but that's just my personal opinion. There's other good ones out there, too. To go over the wiring diagram, and trust me, I'm no electrician. We have somebody far smarter than I working on that. We find out that the cables that this outfit that supposedly put together the system for us, all the wiring is wrong. It's the wrong size wire for our application. It's the wrong size wire for the connections to the batteries to the inverter. And I could go on and on. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal, and obviously I've done a pile of research on this little series of personal financial preparedness I'm bringing you. And in doing so, I looked at a bunch of precious metal dealers. There's a bunch of them out there. Some are very good, but I think one of the very best, BBB, A-plus rated, five-star rated, is Harvard Gold Group. They have a terrific private direct delivery program, your house, your business, your investment accounts. They can help you set up your investment accounts to hold these metals I negotiated, by the way, a $250 discount on your first order through them, which I think is kind of cool. And they have a lowest price guarantee, whether it's gold or silver. 
and they will be happy to talk to you about that and how it works. So call them, 844-977-GOLD, or go to their website, harvardgoldgroup.com, and use the code READ, READ, that's me, to get your $250 discount and some other goodies. Are you a fan of the 1883 miniseries? Then you will love its partial inspiration, Threads West, an American saga. The number one national Amazon and Barnes & Noble best-selling multi-generational epic saga of the American story in the West. Recipient of a whopping 37 national awards, including Best Historical Fiction, Best Multicultural Fiction, Best Fiction Series, Best Romance, and Best Western. You will recognize the characters that live in these pages. They are you. They are us. This is not only their story, it is our story. Threads West is written by Wyoming rancher Reed Lance Rosenthal. Lois Henderson, Chief AD Library Information Services, proclaims fluent and strong, sensual, evocative, and unforgettable. Compared to McMurtry's Pulitzer Prize-winning Lonesome Dove and Michener's Centennial, Rosenthal's epic masterpiece will rival even some of Louis L'Amour's best-loved work called The Gone with the Wind of the West and Sackets on Steroids. Get it now. Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Kindle, Nook, Audible, or the publisher, ThreadsWestSeries.com. Here's the bottom line of this rant story. If you're looking at an alternative power system, and you should be, which goes back to our preparedness series, right? What do you need? You need food, you need a roof, you need fuel for heat and transportation, and you need water. Those are what you need. Everything else is a want. And perhaps you trust the grid. Perhaps you trust a foreign adversary to not screw the grid in terms of an EMP sabotage from, you know, hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens who've crossed the border without vetting, who uh, don't have our best interests at heart. You know, the over 60,000 Chinese nationals, the most in 20 years, just in the last six months, oh, must be a coincidence. The same with Mideast folks, more since October 7th than like at any time over the last three years, that must just be a coincidence. The quadrupling or more spike in apprehensions at the border, which by the way are just a fraction of the people coming cr- across the border, who happen to be on the terror watch list, quadrupling over the last six months must just be a coincidence. So perhaps you trust the grid. Perhaps you trust the outfits that run the grid who are in the government's pocket and vice versa. And perhaps you trust the government who tells these utilities, more or less, what to do. And perhaps you think that sometime down the road, the government will never use power, and this gets into what we're going to talk about on what they're doing to undermine property rights, that the government will never use power to your home, which is kind of an important ingredient to living, that they'll never use that to, say, "Mm, make your mind right. Remember that line in the Cool Hand Luke story? You know, if you don't do this or you don't stop doing this, then we're going to have a utility cut off power to your place. Maybe you think that can't happen. But if you happen to differ with that sanguine view of the world and the government and what they will or will not do, remember, the government will do anything that's possible and everything is possible. Then my suggestion is that you look at alternative power sources, but you look with a jaundiced eye. You need to check and double check every component of the system. I don't care what nonsense a particular outfit tells you about how great they are in assembling a system from like... 15 different manufacturers putting it in a package and shipping it to your door is not going to work. I'm just telling you right now. There's a bunch of stuff you're going to have to return, replace. Your electrician's going to come out and say, what is this crap? 
I'm not trying to dissuade you from an alternative power system. In fact, quite the opposite. I would recommend that you look at them seriously, at least as a backup, at least a gas power generator for your home if you don't have one, or propane power generator. But I'm here to tell you that the solar industry is filled with folks who are less than honest, less than knowledgeable, but good at hype. And the same with the wind industry in terms of wind applications for personal residences, which, by the way, can work quite well, even though the big windmill farms are complete government boondoggle, crony capitalism. And one of the ways, this green energy deal, the craze, you know, one of the ways they're attacking your property rights. So the moral of this rant story is get in place an alternative or at least a backup power source, but do not rely on anybody to put that together but you or somebody you know and trust who knows what they're doing. These third-party outfits, particularly the foreign outfits, where you can't even get anybody who speaks English on the phone to ask a question of, you will find very frustrating, very disappointing, and potentially very expensive. All right, let's talk about private property rights. The government wants your property, folks. It has two sources of revenue, your wallet and your property. In addition, the control of property is the control of you. It's the control of food, water, space, transportation. It is the purposeful undermining, if they manage to take it from you, of your self-sufficiency and your ability to be resilient in the time of crisis. It also affects your ability to defend yourself. It checks all their boxes for complete control. And there's a bunch of ways that the government, shall we say, has a bullseye on your property. And by the way, throw into the equation that you have a government who's, oh, give or take, $200 trillion in debt. That's right, you know, the $34 trillion primary debt, and then the anywhere from $150 to $200 trillion, depending upon who you talk to, unfunded liability debt, which the government has guaranteed. And the government is who, folks? It's us. So those guys like Langton and the other morons and progressive progressive communists up there in Washington, D.C., they have no qualms about taking on debts and liabilities because, folks, they're not their debts and liabilities. And they are not the government's debts and liabilities. What are they? Oh, there are debts and liabilities. Do you get the flow through? And what do you think a desperate government, desperate to keep control, desperate to maintain a system, and desperate to appease its crony capitalist buddies, what do you think they're going to do when the caca hits the fan on an economic front? You don't think they're going to raise taxes? You don't think they're going to come after your assets? You don't think they're going to come after your property? You don't think they're going to come after your retirement account? Really? Wow. What planet are you living on? All property, real estate that is, comes with a bundle of rights. You have the right to timber it and mine it and drive on it and build on it and extract resources from it. And I can go on and on and on. It is through attacks on these bundle of rights, right, the slow boil of the frog, that the government is taking private property rights and eventually really wants to take your property. They've already told you they're going to do it, that they want to do it. You know, our buddy Klaus Schwab, the WEF, which all these Western governments are part and parcel of. You will own nothing and you will be happy. What do you think he's talking about? You will own nothing. That means they'll own it. And by attacking the bundle of rights, they attack values, which make property uneconomical to own or impossible to own in some cases, just financially speaking. And they attack utilitarian uses of the property, shelter, fuel, food, water, etc. 
In other words, they make it impossible for you to own or they make it so expensive and so frustrating and so non-utilitarian to own that you don't want to own it anymore. What do you think Biden's 30-30-30 plan is? I mean, I brought you that story two and a half, three years ago when he first mentioned it. I mean, it ran red flags up the pole and rang the alarm bells. In the end, and by the end, I mean 2030, they want only 30% of the land area and water areas in the United States to be owned by private citizens. They're telling you what they're doing, folks. So how do they attack all these different things? Uh, There's many, many ways. We're going to talk about the rest over the course of the next several weeks so that you can recognize them, you can resist them, you can get together with people who are under the same assault and fight back as a collective group, and you can stop this erosion of private property. Because private property, as I told you last week on the rightsideradio.com, if you miss the show, is really the foundation to our civilization, our economy, and to our self-worth and motivation, not to mention our survival. Number one, they can attack property through taxation. Number two, through regulation. Number three, through quote-unquote zoning. You know this uh, 15-minute city deal that they got going? We're going to be talking about in the course of this series, where everybody's going to live in a concentrated urban area in a little cubicle box that they rent to you. You're not going to own it. And you'll be 15-minute bicycle rides from whatever you need, and they'll make sure that whatever you need is right there so that you're a good little citizen. Through government housing, right? People are subservient to, to the government when they are in government housing. And what can they use government housing for? Oh, to insert into, you know, neighborhoods to bring equity, right? EIG and DEI, right on your doorstep in the real estate industry. And what happens when they bring government housing into a stable middle-class neighborhood? Well, it decreases stability, doesn't it? It decreases enjoyment. It decreases safety. And what does that mean? Oh, you don't really want to own your property anymore. You want to move. Then they can do it through emergency powers. Think about what they did over COVID. And that included, by the way, property, right? They told people who owned their own building, who had their own business, that they couldn't open it. Well, last time I checked, the taxes, the insurance, the fuel, the heating, the maintenance, all those expenses go on, but you can't run your business to pay for them. Huh, that kind of makes property uneconomical to own, doesn't it? Through economic controls, you know, like rent controls. And out in California is one example. Not allowing evictions for four years. I mean, the California landlords just got an 8% rental increase and allowed... The government told them what they could do. The first in four years. You don't think their costs, particularly out in California, went up over four years? They were limited to one rent increase, no rent increases for four years, and they couldn't evict their tenants. That kind of makes it difficult to own your property, doesn't it? Utilities. Well, I talked about that a little bit in the ranch story. Of course, they're going to try and control you by manipulating the cost of the availability of and whether or not you're even allowed to hook onto tap into or use utilities. The discomfort factor. They'll just make life so miserable for you in your area, your neighborhood, your region, that you won't want to own there. Think about what's happening in some of the blue states that are moving to red states. Then, of course, there's the outright takings of your property through federal land grabs, like 
you know, the establishment of national monuments, which Obama was very good at doing, which shut down all sorts of private enterprises and a portion of the bundle of rights on hundreds of thousands of acres at a time. Suddenly, you own a ranch near a sudden national monument or in the monument zone. You can't take the timber off it. You can't do this. You can't get the water out of it. You can't extract minerals from it. And I can go on and on. In the case of more rural properties, farm and ranch properties, they will impact trade. And I don't mean just trade between the United States and another country. I'm talking about international trade, which may run directly to your business in terms of crops or livestock. Interstate trade. Maybe you can't trade with the state next to you. Intrastate trade. Maybe you can't ship cattle anymore to, to county XYZ. And of course, irrigation. Oh, you know, with this climate change stuff, you just can't have as much water, which means you can't grow as many crops, which means you have to have a more expensive operation system, which means you grow less crops or you grow less feed for your cows, which makes your ranch, your farm, or your rural property less economic to own. In fact, in some cases, impossible to own. The attack on value, they can do this with all sorts of things and pretend that they're trying to save the planet. Think about wind power farms. Think about a wind power farm with 400 foot tall turbines next to your property. Think about the power line from this boondoggle, crony capitalist, ineffective form of mass, quote unquote, green energy production. Think about the power lines that stretch in some cases a thousand miles from these fields to somewhere else. You think of several hundred foot power lines spaced every 1300 feet Traversing your property uh, is going to help its value, is going to, uh, shall we say, uh, amplify your enjoyment of the property and of the viewscape. Do you think, if you really boil it down, that this is really saving the planet? <laughs> They're not interested in saving the planet. They're interested in taking the planet. Permitting. Many of you know who are listening to me how difficult it's become to get permits, right? They don't allow you to do things which you need to do to make your property more valuable, to make your property more livable, to make your property more safe and productive, like septic permits, well permits, water source permits, building permits. We're going to talk about all that in one of the upcoming shows and what they're doing subtly, you know, the slow boil of the frog to make things more difficult to do so you can't improve the value of your property, which, of course, makes it less economic and less enjoyable and less utilitarian to own. Transportation. Well, obviously, if they're affecting fuels, suddenly you live, oh, two hours from the nearest smart city and you have an EV that they force you to buy that doesn't have enough charge to get you to the smart city, I guess you're just SOL, aren't you? You're not going to be going anywhere for goods, services, groceries, or whatever. And of course, transportation routes. Don't think they won't be closing transportation routes in the future, folks, because, you know, they're environmentally impactful. The fact that those transportation routes happen to go to areas where they want the land and don't want you to have it, that, that'll just be a coincidence. And now, folks, for the rest of the story, who does this benefit? Finance. Now, you've seen banks and you've heard stories about people getting cut off from banks, thrown out of banks, you know, gun shops or coin shops or whatever business the, the government doesn't like, which always seems to go to either self-defense or self-sufficiency. 
Suddenly, they don't have a bank account. Well, guess what? Most of us cannot buy real estate of any type or form without some type of financing. So if you're on the blacklist for financing, or financing is legislatively made prohibitive or impossible or too expensive, I guess there won't be a lot of private transfers of private property between people. And if you can't sell your property, hmm, What's going to happen? Oh, well, eventually, why don't we just say, although it'll take several steps where you have to lose the property or you have to be unable to sell the property, where, oh, here comes the government or one of the government's cronies, you know, like Bill Gates, who now owns 270,000 acres of farmland, or the Chinese, which, by the way, is a government crony in the case of Biden. I mean, he gets his check every month. So I guess if you can't sell to anybody else because they can't get financing, you'll just have to sell to them, won't you? So there's the big overview of all the ways that they're attacking your private property ownership and rights. And it's going to accelerate. I'm going to bring you details in upcoming shows on this. Each one of these elements so that you can recognize it. But hopefully this list, just the list I gave you today, even in general terms, will get you thinking. And yes, there are ways you can protect yourself. There are ways you can fight back. There are ways you can stop this, I'll just call it a takings, unconstitutional, but that doesn't seem to bother them, particularly with rhino allies in the Senate, the House, state houses. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal, and obviously I've done a pile of research on this little series of personal financial preparedness I'm bringing you. And in doing so, I looked at a bunch of precious metal dealers. There's a bunch of them out there. Some are very good, but I think one of the very best, BBB, A-plus rated, five-star rated, is Harvard Gold Group. They have a terrific private direct delivery program, your house, your business, your investment accounts. They can help you set up your investment accounts to hold these metals. I negotiated, by the way, a $250 discount on your first order through them, which I think is kind of cool. And they have a lowest price guarantee, whether it's gold or silver, and they will be happy to talk to you about that and how it works. So call them, 844-977-GOLD, or go to their website, harvardgoldgroup.com, and use the code READ, READ, that's me, to get your $250 discount and some other goodies. Hey listeners, this is Reed Lance Rosenthal, your host of On the Right Side Radio, and I have a message for you. Do you want a business? Sell a product? Provide a service? Have a message you want to get out? Do you believe in freedom, the Constitution, and America? Here's your opportunity to reach 69 million sets of ears in scores of markets around the country, including five of the top 10 and 15 of the top 50 markets in the United States of America. Very affordable, very flexible, 30 and 60 second packages available. Give your business a boost and help America get the truth. Call Francis at Media Airtime at 602-300-8250, 602-300-8250, or write Francis at MediaAirtime.com. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-S at MediaAirtime.com. Thank you. So now that it's clear that these attacks on your property rights or on any of the rights that comprise the bundle of rights of your property, and we talked only big picture today, we're going to get into the specifics in the coming weeks, are meant to benefit the government, 
and their cronies, the oligarchs, because if it, they make it impossible for you to own something, you're going to have to dispose of it. Or, in the case of taxes and other mechanisms they have, they can just take it. And of course, since the government is incompetent and incapable of running anything, they will, of course, sell it and tell you it's all about the budget to one of their buddies or to an NGO whom they are sleeping with at the time. And now let's do a little rat-a-tat-tat. We're going to start off with some economic news because, you know, you heard all the nonsense. Oh, it's the greatest employment since, you know, the world was formed and the United States economy is just moving along and nothing can stop it and we're invincible and binomics, Obama third term is wonderful and it's so good for you, etc. Well, as I've been telling you for years, not only not so much, but not at all. But I'll tell you what, rather than listen to me in this particular show, let's listen to about five minutes of Pento, who's one of the top money managers on Wall Street, knows his stuff and is not bashful. He's not the greatest speaker, but he has great points and he delivers them forcefully. Let's listen to what he has to say about the numbers that just came out that the complicit media and the government is falsely crowing about. What's really going on? Welcome back to this week's edition of the Midweek Reality Check with Michael Pento, where I try to keep Wall Street and your money real. Have you noticed that the economic data produced by the government lately is looking engineered to boost a political party or to fill fulfill some political aspiration rather than honestly computed and reported. Now, I say that with the perspective of of 33 years as a financial professional. Thank God we still have private sector data so the truth can still be found. First, the government dramatically boosted the real GDP growth figure by significantly underreporting out of the blue the inflation number by half. They cut it in half quarter over quarter the growth rate of inflation. That's how they got their GDP number. Then they followed up with the BS from the Bureau of Labor Statistics Establishment Employment Survey, which is all anybody really looks at, and it's all the mainstream financial media goes, you know, agog over. Look at the headline number, blowing away expectations. I mean, it was a a blowout headline-grabbing figure of 353,000 net new jobs created. That's all they care about. This smells more and more like election engineering. I hate to say it. First off, let's look at let's just look at this number underneath underneath the headline from not only the Bureau of Labor Statistics information but from private sources. Let's just see let's just see how exciting that number really was. First off, none of the other data corroborates the headline number. According to research firm Challenger Gray and Christmas, the employment labor research firm Challenger Gray and Christmas. U.S. companies announced plans to hire just 5,376 workers in January. That is the lowest total for a January month on record. The lowest number of hiring ever. Meanwhile, job cuts are deep and pervasive. Companies announced plans to cut 82,307 positions in January. That is up 136% from the prior month, December. Okay, let's turn to the ADP payroll report. That showed that just 107,000 net new jobs were created in January. The weekly report on initial jobless claims came in at 224,000 prior to this number, which was the highest 
initial jobless claims print since November of last year. The ISM Manufacturing Employment Composite Index showed that hiring was not only negative in January in the manufacturing sector, but it was contracting at a faster rate. And even if you look at the ISM services, the larger component, employment subcomponent, was 50.5, indicating that hiring in the services sector of the economy was just barely in expansion territory. Even CNBC did a story about the massive amount of layoff announcements in tech and many other sectors of the economy. Underneath the headline jobs figure, the data showed a weakening labor market, not one that was booming, full employment, hallelujah, what a job the administration's doing. Let me continue. The household survey, another number, different survey, produced by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which is part of the Labor Department, another survey, it's called the household survey. They call up people and ask people directly. They don't come up with a number by this birth death model, imputed birth death model. This is a, another form of data. That survey showed that there were 31,000 workers that lost their job, lost their job. 353,000 net new jobs created in the establishment survey, 31,000 lost, both in the same month and both from the same government agency. But one is a hidden number. One is a headline grabbing number. Now, how could, the, how could this data be great news for the labor market? Let, let me continue. The labor force shrank by 175,000 people. In other words, people are leaving the labor force. The labor force is comprised of people that are working or people that are indicating that they're looking for a job. 175,000 people in one month. And the index of aggregate hours worked fell by an unusually steep 0.3%. So the, the impulse the, of labor hours worked times number of employees plunged in January. However, in spite of all this, the, la the Labor Department comes up with a number of 353,000 in January in the establishment survey. And of course, the mainstream financial media had an orgasm over this number and promulgated the idea of a booming labor market and fully employed consumer with alacrity. But don't worry, I'm sure the Labor Department will revise the January number down like it has done 11 of the past 13 months when nobody really cares. And we don't have a lot of time left, but here's some quick rat-a-tat-tats for you. Along the lines of the economy, year-end report Moody's, the big analytics firm, found that the national office vacancy rate ended 2023 at 19.6%. Wow. And of course, it began in the pandemic, the COVID conjure. The previous record for empty offices was 19.3% in 1986, which was a mess, I remember back then, and 1991 during the savings and loan crisis. And then there was another firm, a real estate firm, Avison Young, big commercial firm. They say that 23.4% of U.S. office space is available for lease right now. And that includes 27.4%, That it's huge, folks, of Class A space. Vacancy rates are like north of 30% in Atlanta, Dallas, Austin, 36.2% in San Francisco, 26% in Chicago, 19% in Manhattan, and that's going up rapidly, 23% in Los Angeles, 29.6% in Houston, 22% in Minneapolis, 30% in Denver, woo, and 19% in Miami. I'm going to give you a very interesting stat on Denver, and I want you folks who are in the Wyoming area 
listening to me on KGAB, Mighty KGAB, to think about this. One of the things that is driving vacancy right now is the fact that a lot of people are working at home, all or part-time. Like 30% of California folks, even Oregon, 24%, Idaho, 26%, Wisconsin, 25%, North Carolina, 27%. But what's really interesting is that 33.5% of federal workers, remember, Colorado has a lot of federal workers, are working pretty much remotely. 22% of state government workers. And by the way, one of the states most likely to have folks working remotely, which means, of course, they can move to somewhere else and still have their job. You know, move somewhere for lower taxes, move somewhere because of a sense of community, move somewhere because of cheaper property prices. Oh, there we are back to our main segment there. It's Colorado. That's right. 36% of Colorado workers work all or part-time remotely now. And you folks in Cheyenne and Laramie and along that border, maybe this starts explaining what's happening down there with the influx of folks from Colorado? You bet. Our next rat-a-tat-tat item. I'm not going to have the ruling for you, but the day that I am working on this show and recording it, the Supreme Court is hearing, once again, Colorado, is hearing the arguments on whether or not Trump can be bounced from the presidential ballot in Colorado. This is a huge case, folks. Huge case for the Constitution for the Republic. We'll see how it comes out. In a not-so-great court case, there's a federal appeals court in New Jersey, the Third Circuit, which unfortunately Trump did not quite get turned conservative, and they issued a ruling in two cases that stem from lawsuits by people against various counties and school boards, etc., in New Jersey. And they found that refusing to wear a mask during a public health emergency was not free speech that's protected by the Constitution. The ruling says a question shadowing suits such as these is whether there is a First Amendment right to refuse to wear a protective mask as required by valid, oh, well, we can argue that, valid health and safety orders put in place during a recognized public health emergency. Like all courts to address this issue, that's wrong. We conclude there is not, unquote. Additionally, the court said, quote, Skeptics are free to and did voice their opposition through multiple means, but disobeying a masking requirement is not one of them. One could not, for example, refuse to pay taxes to express the belief that taxes are theft. Oh, I'm not sure you're right there, Judge. Nor could one refuse to wear a motorcycle helmet as a symbolic protest against a state law requiring them, unquote. That's not good rulings, folks. Of course, it is by a very liberal court, and I have a feeling it will go to the Supreme Court. We'll see what they do. However, on the other side, we have a great, in fact, a land-breaking ruling in Australia, which will affect court cases that are being brought all across the world, like I told you they would, about COVID. And in this case, the Department of Child Protection, DCP, is going to have to pay compensation and medical expenses to a worker who developed pericarditis after getting a COVID booster under a workplace vaccination mandate. And the South Australian Employment Tribunal, big court there in Australia, has ruled, yeah, the employer's going to have to pay. The guy's name is Shepard. He got a COVID booster in February 2022, developed the heart problem. DCP, you know, the outfit that was his employer, admitted that the pericarditis had been caused by the booster, but they denied responsibility for the injury because, you know, we had a public health order that we had to follow. Well, the tribunal throws that out, and this is going to have implications around the world and including the United States. 
Basically, the tribunal decided, the Australian tribunal decided that because the injury arose as a result of both the state-directed vaccination mandate and his employment, in other words, his employer, Shepard was entitled to workman's compensation and compensation for his injuries. Obviously, all these outfits, employers, government, you name it, are all pointing the figures at one another, right? No, it was the vaccine companies. No, it was Big Pharma. No, it was the NIH. No, it was this department of the government. No, it was this employer. Uh, It wasn't our fault. Well, this ruling cuts through all that BS and basically says, look, if there was a mandate by the government, the employer still has a responsibility to its employee. This is a really big deal. So I will end this show on that very positive note. We're out of time. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Remember, look in the mirror, repeat after me, and repeat it with conviction. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do. And we will win. Oh, yes, we will. Keep the wind at your back. I'll talk to you next week. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, go to ontherightsideradio.com. Click on Show Archives and you'll find all of Reed's shows and a terrific array of informative articles, videos, and reference pages. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of On the Right Side Radio with Reed Lance Rosenthal.